Bravo. Listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. All are current EMS providers and educators with a combined 30 years' experience. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Hello and welcome everyone back to the Medic Materials Podcast. I heard a ugh, an ach, and a burp, and a burp. <laughs> it's becoming a tradition. It's absolutely hysterical. How is Gerard going to react to the sound of his voice? <laughs> I absolutely love it. Oh, I didn't burp. No, it oh, sounded like you did. Oh, it sounded like it. <laughs> Oh no no no! I I thought that's that first sound that I heard. I thought was a burp. But no, that was a ugh. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I also thought you just burped, and I was like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Tis the show. Tis exactly. Hey, fucking right go in. Right? <laughs> Fits in with the you know unprofessionalism that is us. Right. You know. It's, it's, yeah. It's good. It's good. Oh God. So uh, yeah. So. Uh, we're here with Emily and you and Kelsey Gerard are, uh, via Skype today, but, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to have a interesting conversation. I'm not privy to it this time. Cause Gerard, you're going to be giving the, uh, the call, which, uh, you say is going to lead into a fairly good discussion. So I'm kind of excited for this cause I don't get to join all those discussions all that often. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kelsey, why don't you do your rig check and, uh, then we'll get started. So guys, as previously mentioned, we are completely revamping our Medic Materials website. So if you want to go check that out for the newly updated website, on it you're going to find different educational opportunities, information on the podcast, including some photos of us actually doing the podcast. You can see what that little bit looks like and all of our new merchandise. So our new merchandise is going to be available at medicmaterials.com and there's going to be new shirts, water bottles, stickers, and more. And this is also just a reminder to sign up for Patreon. You can have access to the best topics and call reviews in a third podcast every month. And we're going to shout out our listeners in Iowa and Estonia today. So thank you to everybody who's been supporting us on this journey. Nice. Woo! Hey, Estonia. That's kind of cool. I like, know, I just like we, saying it. We had Finland. Ooh. And then, yeah, so we had Finland. And then I'm waiting for Russia. We have, like, in a country... <laughs> they're busy, okay? Yeah, they're... <laughs> Duh. Yeah, they're all occupied right now. <laughs> well, I'm mean, sorry, Ukraine's a little occupied right now. Hey-o. <laughs> Hey-o. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I've been waiting for that, yeah, that whole, was, like, block. Yeah. And yeah, no, it, it, Estonia fit right in. Did somebody go on vacation there? I don't know. Hey, if they, they did, they're, if they're listening to our podcast while on vacation, that's fucking badass right there. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't listen to us on vacation. Damn. And I'm on it. <laughs> but, uh, Gerard, so what, nice. what you got for us? Oh, I've got uh, a little, little something, something here. Let me, uh, that sounds, oh, let me go that to sounds dirty. Well, yeah, it, it could be. Well, no, yeah, it's me, so it's probably a, uh, 
let's uh, get everything going here where I can actually see it. Which means <laughs> I might actually have to put my glasses on. Oh, man. Know. Calm down, old man. Calm down. Yeah, seriously. Oh, Jesus Christ. All the little squiggles on the screen. Oh, yeah, those are letters. Okay, cool. All right. So, we have a call today in a suburban environment with a 77-year-old male on witness fall from a standing position. Your suburban environment is serviced by a uh, local volunteer fire department, which actually does a lot of calls, and a paid ambulance service, um, which is staff, you know, paramedic EMT, standard configuration. Hospitals in the area, 30 minutes to a, uh, uh, well, I wouldn't really call them a trauma center, but uh, definitely they're a, a, a cardiac, you know, cath lab hospital. Um, but they do routinely handle traumas and things like that, so it's not like uh, unheard of to bring simple traumas there. Um, but you're not going to get the, you know, the full level, uh, level one type stuff. So you're dispatched for 77 year old male, Un unwitnessed fall from a standing position, uh, was found on the floor by a family member uh, that was coming to visit. Approximate downtime has been about an hour. Okay, so. Fire's dispatched, ambulance is dispatched. Local ambulance is out of service on another call. So mutual aid is automatically dispatched. They're about 20 minutes out. Uh, local uh, fire department arrives on scene within about 5-10 minutes. Uh, they have you know, mostly just you know, fire EMTs. Uh, there's no ALS. Um, it's just basic BLS service and uh, you know, EMRs. And uh, they arrive on scene. Fine. They give a little, uh, little talk to the, uh, to the family to find out, you know, the information I just gave you. Right. Uh, patient is on the floor on his left side. He is alert. He is talking, and they find out. Yep, he was coming back uh, to the bedroom from the bathroom when he hit the rug. Uh, you know, kind of stutter stepped with the uh, transitioning from. The, uh, the wheelchair to the bed, and down he went, striking his head on the floor. Chief complaint is going to be some difficulty breathing. He's got 5 on 10 left shoulder pain, 7 on 10 burning pain at the end of his penis, and he does have a Foley in place, which is on the floor. It is intact. It is, has not ruptured in any, in any way. So... Where do we stand right now? You just walked in. You're the EMT. So I just want to point out one thing, M, that I noticed when he said left side. You and I both, <laughs> you and I both leaned on our left side a little. <laughs> like nice. we, we literally both did it at the exact same. Time. I definitely did it too. I was like, okay, I'm on my left side. That's what I'm like. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on my left side. I'm going to admit because I'm reading it and I did the same thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> phenomenal. At least we all got our left and our right correct. Right? It's like on the left side. <laughs> I was like imagining myself. I was like, okay, so I'm laying on my left side. That's exactly what I was doing. I was like, I'll just put a little pressure on my left elbow here. It's fine. <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. Um, okay, so recap. 74-year-old male. 77. You're wrong already. <laughs> this is why I need to recap. You suck. <laughs> 77. Transferring from from what? From the wheelchair to the bed after using the bathroom. 
Okay, wheelchair to bed, missed the bed, fell onto the left side, complaining of left shoulder pain, shortness of breath, and penis pain. Yes, and he did strike his head on the ground. That definitely sounds like... And he's been down for an hour. Correct. Is that because Um, the family saw him an hour ago, or because he remembers being on the ground for an hour? Uh... No, the family came in, and they had asked him how long he was down, and he said about an hour. So he knows that. Okay. Yeah. Do we know if he lost consciousness at all? Like, does he say that he remembers the whole event? I mean, at this point, you're Yeah, he remembers everything. No loss of consciousness. He's alert. He's talking. Is he on blood thinners? We'll get there. So, so I guess my, my, my question starts with... So, yes, he is. How big is this man? <laughs> well, so not just how big is he, because that's that's an important picture to paint. Is he like you know a seventy-seven year old, one hundred and twenty frail guy, or is he you know seventy-seven and he's five hundred and fifty? Right, not frail, not frail, not, um, not seventy-seven, not frail. I would say he's probably oh like two twenty, two thirty. Is is a robust uh, individual? Okay, so I guess my my initial question is. How do we know how he got, like, we know he fell from the wheelchair and missed the bed. But did he, like, topple over? And, right, was it, like, like, head first? Did he, like, slide down? Right. Did he fall on his butt and then fall onto his shoulder? Did he, like, fall straight forward and, like, smash his head and then roll onto his left side? Like, do we know how he actually got to the ground? Right, so he normally, you know, pulls himself on the rail to get into the bed, all upper body strength type stuff. Okay. And he just lost it, lost his grip, and it was just sack of potatoes to the ground. So then, does he, knowing that, does he have any issues using his legs on a normal basis? Like, are they just weak all the time, or is he like a paraplegic where he doesn't have use of them? Yeah, he he can't really move his legs. Okay. All right. So it's it's all upper body stuff. Interesting. And none of these complaints were happening prior to this incident. None but the penis pain. I was going to say, it's got the penis pain had to happen before this. I mean, you never right. know. He <laughs> might have jammed the foley up in there. Who knows? It can you know? go in there. That is true. You know? It can go all the way in there. I understand. I'm just, I don't know these all things. All up in there. All Literally. up in there. <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> Uh, yep. So that so that's your picture, right? That anything is, anything we want to do? Any 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 blood on the ground? Is he covered with any blood? Like do I have to bandage anything? Not do you have a no wet one? signs of gross hemorrhage right now. Okay. Is there blood in the foley bag? You can't see it because it's on the other side of him. Okay. So at this point it, I it, think So he's on his left, but it's kinda hanging in front, so you can't really see it from your angle. So it's all about point, the angle of the dangle. <laughs> you, yeah. you went there. <laughs> Somebody had to. Um, yeah, so I, I think at this point, it's really just initial assessment stuff. Like ABCs, you know, are we in a position where we can move him to a better location? You know, maybe a more comfortable position. Do we need, Does you know, his neck hurt? Right. right like Do we need to... So we can move, so we can... Right, do we need to immobilize and all this other stuff? Like, I think that's where we have to, you know, baseline vitals, all that initial stuff. So this is the proverbial uh, Bermuda bedroom. 
Oh, it is. No. <laughs> right. So he managed to get his self between the bed and one of the, I think, four dressers. Bummer. Is what they said in the room. Yeah. So it it's standing room only. You got to kind of. I know they never. Yeah, they always say don't ever do this, but you, in order to access either side, you have to step over him to get there. So then it's. I guess it's more. Who says don't ever do that. Have they ever worked in real life? Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> they didn't. Then they didn't see me do the freaking air, acrobatic maneuver over the seven hundred pounder my first day at the uh, other <laughs> new place I work at. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> to which, to which somebody you both know was like, "Wow, I could never do that." <laughs> <laughs> Look at Gerard the trapeze. Oh, dude, I freaking I I like freaking kickbox or high kicked my way over and spun around. All kinds of karate shit was going on. I was like, damn, I didn't realize I was that <laughs> I flexible. Myself, oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there any way that we can evaluate this guy enough to be able to slide him to a non Bermuda bedroom area or like? Maybe rearrange some furniture as much as you can to right. give yourself the most room. It's these are like big wood dressers, so no. Um, you can access, like I said, you can just kind of hop over. You you can access to do assessment. You can uh, do stuff. You could roll them around if you wanted to. Um, dragging him out, I, I, that I don't know because they didn't do it. But uh, they said they just pretty much stayed in the room and and did all their stuff right there with him on the ground. They didn't really move him. Um, they had one of their uh, EMRs uh, stabilize the the head, so oh, that's about it. All right. Okay. So yeah, I'm good with everything that they're doing right now, as long as they do an assessment next with like vital signs. Okay. Well, guess what? They, they did vital signs. <laughs> so EMT, the only one that's on this call right now, uh, takes vitals. Uh, pulse by palp was 74. BP manual was 150 on 76. Respiration is 14 and regular. Skin is unremarkable, warm, uh, to the touch, and dry. At this time, like normal the patient warm is or on. Warm? Uh, it was described to me as warm. Okay. So, well, they said it was warm to the touch, I okay. should say. Um, patient is uh, a COPD or they. See, you know, they've been here before, so this is a known quantity. They, local fire department knows this guy, and he has the oxygen concentrator in the uh, in the bedroom. So they EMT go ahead and sticks him on uh, nasal cannula at four liters, just because. Sat was fine on room air. They don't have pulse socks. Okay, all right. So that was That's just to be precautionary because they, they know he's a COPD here. And, well, and he's trying to address breathing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's, and that's, yeah, that's true. So he's complaining of the dip breathing as well. So prudent move, I would, I would say. And not over oxygenating, you know, I mean, four liters, come on. Right. Okay. So they begin to ask their normal questions, right? Patients, uh, ANO times four, speaking in full sentences. Not really in any distress. He just says it's, it's hard to breathe in the position he's in right now. I bet. Uh, medical so, history. I have a question. Go ahead. They know this guy. I mean, it gets to the point generally you go in, you know, you help out the same guy, and obviously they're there for a different issue than they probably normally are. They're probably there for his COPD rather than a fall. Right, right. But, like, did you ever get, like, the cruise perspective on, like, 
yeah, like, you know, honestly, he looked better than we've ever picked him, him up before. Like, his respiratory distress is nowhere near as bad as it normally is or, like, any sort of perspective on it because you usually do have a pretty keen insight when you've, you know, seen this guy 10, 12 times in the past month. That's actually a fantastic question. And the, I can tell you that um, the description was the skin was unremarkable but maybe a little paler than normal. Uh, they said, but it wasn't really anything that jumped out. So okay, so like spidey senses weren't going off. Like no, this is not him. No, it sounded like it was just a regular. You know, okay, it's you know, fold down, go boom. We're gonna come here. You know, find out what's going on, and then you know, of course, now they're finding out that hey, he might need you know to be transported. So they're gonna start uh, getting ready for that. But uh, yeah, so you know, all the vital signs, nothing really seems to jump out. Um, you know, systolics maybe a little elevated, but that's to be expected. Uh, but yeah, so they give, uh, they get the, uh, the medical history and of course COPD, we have uh, a CHF history. Uh, he has a, uh, a bad mitral valve. Uh, we have stroke history, uh, which is the reason he's in the wheelchair. Okay. And no history of, uh, diabetes, no, you know, nothing like that, nothing else that we really need to freak out about at this time. Uh, no no cardiac other than the uh, the CHF. Okay. Uh, his meds, you know, standard issue, what you would expect, you know, uh, Advair, Spiriva, all that good stuff. Um, furosemide, uh, take some blood pressure meds. Um, he has prescribed uh, Tylenol-3 with codeine. And the big one, he is taking Eliquis. Eliquis. Yeah. Does he and know yes. why? And he, of course he doesn't know why. Well, of course he knows why, because he has the stroke history. And he has the occasional, um, uh, he calls it a palpitation, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's probably an AFib, that yeah. he doesn't understand what that means. That would make sense. That would make more sense to me. Yep. Is he on something like a beta blocker, or calcium channel blocker for the AFib? And I only uh, ask because if it's a beta blocker, then you kind of like have to anticipate if his heart rate's 70, what would it be without it being, without being right, a beta blocker? Right, right. I believe he's on metoprolol as well. So. I'm, I'm looking through the stuff here right now. And metoprolol is in the list. So, yes, metoprolol. He is on a beta blocker. Which, again, makes sense, you know. Right, so he probably does have AFib. He just doesn't, he just thinks he just it's doesn't a know it. palpitation every now and again. Yeah. Hey, Gerard. Uh-huh. Uh, two questions. Is he still on his left side? He is. And by a bad mitral valve, is it fixed? Is it, what do you mean by that? It is being watched. It's one of those. Four. Still bad. Still bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. Getting worse. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how bad it is. I don't know if it's you know like imminently going to fail or okay. You know, you didn't if bring it's been repaired, I don't know. If that was the case, they would have fixed it. You didn't bring your right, mitral right. valve, you know, camera with you, Gerard. Yeah, take no, no, you know, I, I bring the mobile cath lab, you know. And, uh, well, sometimes people know like they have like a prolapsed valve or like whatever. Right. Yeah. No, I that I didn't get any of that uh, that deep into the information. Just just the meds and what you see here. 
So, uh, and yeah, he uses the wheelchair because he, he can't ambulate. Because of the stroke. Right. I feel like yeah. I'm waiting for the ball to drop. Right. You and me both. Like, right now, I'm like, okay, he's in pain. And then he dies. Like, that's what I'm right. waiting for Gerard to say. And what? he um, lost his pulse. Well, and so, like, yeah, I'm kind of in at knowing the way this show goes, you're always like, all right, something really bad is about to happen. But knowing knowing Gerard, he's going to be like, ah. UTI. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, so, he, so he rolled onto his stomach, started doing the worm and break dancing. Yeah. <laughs> right. But but at the same point, like we kind of, like I'm sitting here going, okay, he's probably in pain because he's sitting on that left hand side, you know. I mean, I want to get him off his left side. You know, I, right. I would like to to move him. Yes, that'll probably okay. alleviate. Even if we that just pain. roll him onto his back, I think like, especially if he's on his left side, like, I think he could be having difficulty breathing just because of the way he's laying. Yeah, like, I mean, if we I could just positional. flatten that but a like, little. Sit him up straight. I don't know about laying him down, but, like, sit him. Yeah. I don't think I want to put a resp- – like, I don't want to keep a respiratory patient on the ground. Yeah. Like, laying yeah. down. You know? I, would, I, would, I would concur with that. Yeah. I'd like to sit him up if I can, palpate the back, palpate the neck, make right. sure that there's nothing, you know, feng shui going on, and then <laughs> sit him up. That's where I'm going next. Lung sounds, all that good jazz, and then sit him up. Same. Okay. That, I would agree with that, and I would I would probably do that if this was my call. This wasn't my call, though, so that didn't get done. No. Uh, oh, this poor guy. This so, so while he's on his side, I will tell you that the EMT does a head-to-toe, palpates the spine, uh, the neck, the buttocks, head all that good stuff right goes side. down. Yeah, since he's on his left, head, head to, to toe of to... the right side. Since he's on the left side, well, right, you know, all the pain. I have to toe. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, they no no step offs, nothing like that. No uh, nothing serious. No signs of any kind of gross hemorrhage. Uh, nothing looks fractured. Um, and they then decide that they're going to keep him in this position until. The ambulance arrives with the uh, the paramedic. Oh, that poor guy. I'm sorry. Hold on. Fail. Do you have a special skill that helps somebody sit up over Kelsey and I right now? Well, Kelsey doesn't even count. Over me. <laughs> Why does Kelsey not count? Because she's three quarters of a paramedic. So maybe she has the special skill I'm missing out on. Oh. Okay. Well. Yeah, well, they teach you that in medic school how to sit God's people up. Can, it's like. Yeah, it's called levitation. We we just you know put our hands out and stretch out our feelings. Like, oh, I feel like the ambulance is pulling in. Now I can move the patient. What? Well, what the fuck? Yeah. Why why are we going to wait for a paramedic? Right. Or or even Anybody, like for an ambulance. For, right. Why? You don't need anything that they have there to get is, them out. There's an EMT. I could understand if he was scene. down there for like 12 hours, but Well, no, it but was even still, no, like, I'm still going to move him. Right. So I asked why not roll him and do all that and I will give you the answer. Oh, this is going to piss me off. I don't even know if no, I want to hear no, this. No, you, you might actually like this. The answer was because they sent their one of their non-medical people uh, out to, the, so their, their engine, or I don't know, I don't know what the hell they brought. They said fire truck, so I'm, I'm assuming it's an engine or something like that, but uh, they do have their EMS uh, cabinet there, and in that EMS cabinet, they do have linens. So they sent a fireman out to go get a sheet to bring okay. in while he's on his side to get underneath him before they roll him. 
Okay. So they're preparing for the transfer. The, the transfer to a stretcher is what oh, I'm. Oh, we thought gathering. you just weren't moving him at all. Well, no, no. I think you said, "Oh, we're going to roll him on his back," and I'm like, "Yeah, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> they kept him on his side." Yes. Yeah, um, see, we took but, it as they left him there until the ambulance got there. Yeah, I'm like, "What the fuck?" Well, so I, I'm reading ahead, and yes, the so by the time they get the sheet under him, the, the ambulance, ambulance does arrive. So, we're, but we're not there yet. So I it, it just kind of worked out that way. It wasn't like, "Hey." We're going to wait for the paramedic to do anything. I'm so. going to stand here and stare at you. That's right. <laughs> How you feeling now? How about now? How about now? How about now? How about now? <laughs> How's that pain? Is it increasing? Yeah. I bet it is. I bet it is. <laughs> oh, wait. There's a paramedic coming that'll give you meds. Right. right. So, yeah. Not. So, it, yeah, they kept him in position, you know, until the paramedic got there. But it was mainly due to... Just the timing, you know. They did their assessment. They did all that, and they said, "Let's keep him up. You go out to the truck and get the uh, get a sheet to, you know, get under him so we can move him." So while all that's going on, of course, the ambulance arrives. All right. So now this is about twenty minutes or so uh, since the first unit arrived on scene, right? Uh, thereabouts. That poor guy. An hour and twenty minutes. He's no, been no, on no. The ground. Well, yeah, an hour. Yeah, fully. Yep. This poor right. guy. I feel so bad. So, so the EMT and the paramedic arrive, and they they sashay in with <laughs> a monitor and a first in bag. Um, I missed the, the part of paramedic school where we learned to sashay. We'll catch up. Oh yeah, no, that was yeah, that's usually about the third weekend. <laughs> oh, missed that one. Yeah, yeah, you do that in front of your oral boards too. Better get the fucking notes on that, Kels. <laughs> yep. My oral boards are online. Gerard is a great sachet. I've seen. Oh that. yeah. I mean, he sachets like nobody else. <laughs> That's right. I just glide across the floor like Fred Astaire. <laughs> I've never glided across any floor, but uh, well, any floor that gravity wasn't helping me down to. But um... <laughs> so the oh the EMT is another good uh, thing they said that the uh, they did take note when they did go around to do the, uh, they stepped over to do, you know, the other side. Uh, the urine in the bag was very minimal, and it was very dark. UTI. See, Gerard brings a UTI. Look at that. Of I mean... course. I, I bring the UTI. <laughs> By design. I mean... I mean, he's got a chronic Foley. Of course he has a UTI. Right. Of course, right. he's not drinking it because he's 77 and lives alone, and he w- lives in a wheelchair. Like, cool. Yeah. All well, of expected it, findings. All of it makes sense. Okay. Yep. Right. Or maybe it's bloody. Yeah. Oh. Is it traumatic? And, Who knows? And they also found a, uh, a, I would say, a mid-sized uh, pressure sore. I, I, I skipped over that. Um, just above, you know, like pretty much where your tailbone sits uh, on, on the wheelchair, you know, because he sits on his ass all day. So, uh. Yeah, a little bit of a pressure sore. Um, Wasn't bleeding or oozing or anything like that, but they did notice it. Um, Scrolling down. Right, so EMS arrived, blah, 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 blah. They enter with their monitor and their first in bag. And we're going to a fall call with, you know, injury. So, okay, yeah. Good with that? I mean... I, I'm the type of paramedic that if I'm going to the scene, I bring my ALS bag in for everything. Yes. Whether or not it sounds ALS-y or not, 
But that's I'd just rather me. have it and not use it than need it and right. not have it. Exactly. So and I I've, got, go. I've gotten burned, and when I was an intermediate, not bringing in my thing, like not bringing in my ALS bag, and then needing it and being up on the seventh floor of the apartment building. Yep. Where I'm like, well, I'm stuck here now. Like I can't go back and get it. There's no one to bring yep. it up to me. And then you know the lady needed fluids. And I would I started my line and gave her fluids forty five minutes into patient contact when I finally got my bag again. Like yeah. there's forty five minutes that she could have had fluid that would no, have we, we've, better. We've all done it. Know, like, we've got Yep, we've gotten caught out and we've learned from it and yeah. we don't do that again. But and that's, that's it. What, well, like, I was just gonna say it. that's so why like, you bring your ALS bags now. Yeah. So yep. you know, it, it's so, it would be prudent to bring all of your shit. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, EMT's going to carry his bag. I'm going to carry mine. Yes. You know, that's just, that's just the way it is. If you're nice to your EMTs, Um, they might take one of your three. But give them the lighter one. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I go, even going to the nursing homes, I'll, you know, for nursing home calls, I will walk in with my ALS bag as well. Yep. Um, Oh, yeah. If I have to carry it out, I carry it out. No big deal. Yep. You know. Just don't forget it. Yeah. There's a... That would suck. Fire department individual, uh, the place I used to work that uh, still owes me one for returning their ALS bag that they left in the middle of the street after they initiated transport. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we're like, oh, is that their ALS bag? Yeah, well, yes, it is. Oh, okay. I, I mean, you could say the same. <laughs> so it was, you could say the same about uh, your one boss, Gerard. Uh when years ago, when I was his partner at a completely separate agency, we went and did a call. We were looking for the monitor. It was this. it was left on the desk in the bay. Yes, <laughs> the I state. remember that. Oh shit! Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he went and checked it, did all the things, and then just left it there. We so that's to... why he's such a stickler on making sure you got all your shit. <laughs> yep, yeah, because the man learned. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not because he had some some some. Some epiphany. It's no. because he fucked up too. No, exactly. <laughs> you you live, you learn. You never do it right? again. <laughs> That's so, yeah. true, man. So yeah, I I would I would have brought everything yeah. in, but but carry on. Right. So probably not bringing the right. In, uh, he should have at least brought the ALS stuff in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they come in. Uh, the fire EMT gives a report. Tells them you know everything they've done. Tells them what the history is. Nothing. Gives them the meds. Uh, you know, it's all verbal, you know, giving him all this stuff verbally. And then uh, tells me I put a place on the O2 and, uh, you know, this is where we're at now. And they assume care at this point. So uh, fire does stay on scene to remain, uh, you know, do extra hands to help. So they don't just go, okay, see you later. Bye. And uh, medic enters the bedroom. Notices, of course, it's, you know, it's in the tight quarters and makes patient contact. He asks what happened in a very low-volume voice. The patient then states he would like to roll onto his back because his shoulder hurts. Yeah, I bet it does. Mm-hmm. The medic asks again, what happened? And the patient again states, I'd like to roll onto my back because it's hard, you know, because my, my arm hurts. The medic then states he seems to be altered. What? What? To you which the EMT replies, for an hour and 20 he is... Minutes. A, yeah. To which the EMT replies, he is extremely hard of hearing. What? 
So the oh. medic wasn't speaking up enough for the for the patient to hear. So the patient heard something and just said, "Yeah, I want to I want to roll over." So we kind of just we skipped that in our in our you know oral report to the medic, like, "Hey, yeah, we've had to shout at him for twenty minutes until you guys got well, here." But, but if you think no, about it, they quantity. know this patient. Right. They probably just in their minds. That's, I mean, assumptions are to be made. Yeah. They're like, "Oh yeah." We know we go pick John up all the time, and we got to yell at him a little bit louder. That Bingo. True. And that's just yep. it. It's, it's one of those things where you know the it. guy, and you just don't realize that not everybody knows this guy. You, know? that is you just fair. forgot to mention it because it's a mutual aid coming in. If it was the normal ambulance crew, they would they know. Yeah, they, right, they might know too. Yeah, correct. That's fair. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's a little omission. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just like how the medic's uh, initial reaction was, oh, he must be altered. Right. Because God forbid his shoulder hurts and he wants to lay on his damn back. <laughs> right. Must be altered. So, right, it must be. It's got to be. Right? <laughs> Who doesn't want shoulder pain? Sweet Lord. Uh, so <laughs> the medic then finally speaks up into a tone that everyone can finally hear. And he receives an appropriate response. And, you know, the patient tells him what happened. And uh, then the medic says, okay, everybody, let's reposition him flat on his back for his request. Yay! And then he dies. <laughs> then he flashes and comes. No. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Me too! So, his pain, you know, it, it subsides. You know, he's, he's still complaining it's it's 5 on 10, but, you know, yes, it's, it's, it's easier now. And he also says it's actually a little bit easier for him to breathe on his back. So, hey, kudos. Win-win. So, at this time, the EMT goes to get the stretcher. When he returns, the Fire EMT suggests placement of a C-collar, to which the EMS EMT uh, blows them off and keeps on trucking. That's kind of them. And they've been holding C-spine this entire time. Yes, the EMR is still down there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I, I mean, did, and, and he's never never complained of neck pain, but again, at the same point, we it's an unwitnessed fall. It's an unwitnessed fall. He struck his head. He's on blood thinners, and there is an abrasion uh, yeah, proximal I mean, to the uh, to the left eyebrow. Yeah. So, I mean, just for precautionary reasons, you could do it. I'm not going to backboard this guy, but a collar's not going to kill him. Right. Like I and, don't, and it's and it's prudent, you know. Exactly. Like I don't see anything wrong with what that EMR or EMT was was suggesting. The fact that you know the paid EMT is just blowing him off is. I mean, highly unprofessional, but... And there is a thing in elderly people with falls and head strikes, uh, the old, uh, the, the Dens fracture. Yeah. That you may not know about until they become a bobblehead a few hours down the road. Yep. So, yeah. Well, also, probably older might people be don't have as much brain in their noodle, so it just sloshes... They, well, they get mean... stupider with age? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're screwed. You tell me how the president is? <laughs> no, but... It is actually. Oh, that's why. It does get smaller. <laughs> she is. She is true. The brain does. Shrink I know. I know. As we, as we get older. Um, I was taking an opportunity to make I, a joke. I know. I know. I was just wondering. Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to pass that joke <laughs> up. Um, but no, Kelsey. Give it to me. Like, I'll take it. Nope. 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 <laughs> Kelsey is actually 100% correct. I mean, there is right. there is a higher incidence for uh, head bleeds. In yep. the elderly, so, you know, solely because that brain does 
slosh around, giving an opportunity for yeah. uh, the vasculature to Yeah, but that's shear. not going to change you based know? on a sea collar. No, 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 no. I'm oh, not saying, no. Like, where do we get down this with the sea collar? The initial fall. Okay. That, that's well, he was wearing one when he fell. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm with you guys. Like, he's still a high risk for a brain bleed. But, like, I don't mm. think I would fault them for doing a collar or not. Well, that's okay. not, I mean, not, like, I don't, if somebody suggested that on my scene and be like, yeah, sure, why not? But if I right. didn't do, like, if they didn't do it, I wouldn't be like, oh, man, they missed the, co-. like, there's really no clinical indication. Well, I don't think anyone is disagreeing with you here. I think it's more or less the fact that they just went, go pound sand. Yeah, well, they're assholes. You're, you're, stu- you're stupid. Go away. Kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay, caught up. And yeah, and I, I can honestly say if this was my patient, I would put a collar on just because of the, you know, you know, he went down, he, he whacked his noggin, which means his, you know, his arms probably were not out in front of him to break the fall. And, uh, you know, that little whiplash with the head, I'm, I wouldn't take a chance. I would, I would just go and throw a collar on, let the, let the hospital x-ray and do everything and then take it off if they want. But uh, for me, just, I would probably put it on. But anyway, so... During this time, the medic is writing down all the patient history, the meds, the demos, you know, important paramedic stuff. Damn skippy. When the stretcher arrives, he then asks the patient, while leaning against the patient's wheelchair, if he can stand. So we're smart in everything. Yes. Yeah. Observant. Yeah. Yeah. I laugh, too, (laughs) while shaking my head in disgust. So... I, you guys, you guys do not have what I have today. I have the unique ability to watch the facial fluctu- fluctuations of Emily. Oh, nice! <laughs> because they're going from happy to absolutely disgusted, <laughs> shaking her head, it's just pathetic, to to be smiling again, and then it's like. Uh, the seething then sinks in. Right. It's, it's been a trip. I can't. It's an emotional roller coaster. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Absolutely wonderful to watch. I've lost all. Oh yay! Kudos for them. Oh, those dumbasses. Hey, yay! Kudos for them. Fucking morons. Kudos to the volunteers right now because they're the ones thriving. Uh, okay. So now. They, uh, that's when the fire EMT uh, reminds him that he can't stand and that they had already retrieved uh, the Reeves and put a sheet underneath him, you know, so he's ready to be moved if need be. Need be. Well, when? Because he has to well, be moved. Yeah. He can't stay there for the rest of his life. Well, we just figured, you know, he might sign off and just take a nap. <laughs> I was going to say, even if he signs off, he still has to be moved. Oh, Jesus. Or does he? They're just going to leave him there. Right. Bye. Probably. We're talking about the guy who asked the patient. Sign here, press R. Stand up. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so they it, it elect to just use the uh, the sheet, and they they have enough hands. So they one, two, three, up onto the stretcher. No harm, no foul. Everything's good to go. So my question is, what hasn't been going on during all this time? Anything? Reassessment. Continuous vitals. Ah, vitals. Nope. No reassessment. Nope. No. No initial has- assessment by. Paramedic. Is he dead now? Like I'm waiting. Oh, he's cold and dead. He's stiff. He was five five minutes ago, though. <laughs> but I mean, realistically, yeah, nothing other than a lot of chatter, 
a lot of pointing fingers and a whole lot of non needed information. Like why do, why does the paramedic need to get demos when there's 10 million when people on scene, when there's firemen that already have a clipboard filled out with demos and know the patient, right? Bingo. And who are standing there ready to give them their information. Exactly. But you know, they are not asked for it. Right. This almost seems like the, it, it, it feels to me the way that this is being explained is that the paid EMS crew came in and was like, Ugh, all right, I'm, I've, I've written this call off. Right. Let's, let's go. Like this is oh, stupid. Call. Right. It's in a different district. I got to deal with fucking firemen. This is stupid. Why did this motherfucker fall? Like, why right. am I even here? I could have been jerking off to like Baywatch or something. Like, whatever. wow, you went that far back? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It, it Is just, that even still spankable uh, in this day and age? I, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, carry on. There's there's so much more risque shit on normal TV now than fucking Baywatch. That's <laughs> fair. That is fair. I, I can uh, see to that one. All right. Well, now you got me thinking about Gina Lee and uh, Nolan. So, anyway, you're welcome. So, so yes, we have. We are now at this point where no vital signs have been taken. No lung sounds have been oscillated. Paramedic really didn't do any kind of a trauma assessment or any kind of assessment, and there's still no collar. So, great. Secured to the stretcher, transferred to their oxygen. Which, hey, you know, kudos to them. They did remember to turn their oxygen on and continue his therapy. And well, they out the door, they come the cord, ambulance. So. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, yes, patient is escorted. Do we know if he's still in pain or struggling to breathe? Yes, now that no he's change in, no change in, off the in, floor. Well, he said the yeah, breathing no was better when he went on his back. Yeah, the breathing was better on his back. That's what he said. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, pain is the same. The, the taint is still hurting. Everything else is the same. Is it his penis so, or his taint? Is what? You well initially it was his penis that hurt and then you just said taint so it is the 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 I'm sorry I meant the tip the the, okay. the where the I got you nope. not the taint the tip the, 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 right there's where, a where difference, the rubber meets man. the road <laughs> that's like depending on how big this white dude is or you know how I'm just assuming he's a white dude because you know <laughs> how racism, dare you but assign race to somebody <laughs> God forbid um. Yeah, I mean, there could be a legitimate inches difference between tip and taint. It still hurts either be. way. It still hurts. Fair. Right. <laughs> yep. Carry on. All right. Yeah, I didn't ask about the shrinkage or anything like that, so uh, you, I'll leave that to the imagination. So the patient's loaded into the ambulance. They jump in. Medic places the auto BP cuff and the pulse ox and receives a blood pressure of 147 over 88, heart rate of 75, 94% on the four liters. And that's it. Then he exits the ambulance. BLS. Walks, mm. walks to the driver's door and begins to enter the driver's seat. So how are we feeling about that? I mean, I kind of want more information. Like, it sounds... I would too. It's like... 
again, it is one of those types of things where I'm looking at this from the outside going, they had no no want or desire to be there in the first place, and he's just going, yep, BLS all the way, no matter what I find, don't care, see you later, goodbye. He thought it was, he decided it was going to be BLS from the when get-go. they pulled in the driveway. Exactly, from the get-go. So, you know, there's missed opportunity in the fact that there was no real assessment done by the other, by the paid crew, BLS or ALS. Like, yeah. what, he still, yeah, he's satting okay, but is he, you know, he's still saying, yeah, I'm short of breath. It might have gotten better, but there's still something going on. What's his lung sounds sound right. like? Is Nobody's he full of fluid? Is yet. he wheezy? Is he something? Right? Okay. We don't know. Right. And one of the things that either nobody reported to you, Gerard, or wasn't done was they're, they're saying a heart rate, but is it irregular? Is it regular? Is it, have we confirmed that this dude has a fib, not a fib? Like, that's a good point. Maybe I mean, it's just maybe it's just worthwhile putting on the four lead just to see, like, hey, you could always take it off if it's really BLS. Like, okay, sure, whatever. But I mean, and nobody did nothing. a neuro assessment, right? Like, why nope. ask if they're on a blood thinner if you're not gonna like? There's one reason we ask for that, and it puts them at a higher risk for a bleed. So if we now know that they're at a higher risk, why aren't we assessing that? Yep. And why is he in the wheelchair to begin with? Right. You know, why did he, so why did he, suddenly he has a stroke not history. have the strength? To yeah, why did he suddenly not have the strength to pull himself across like he normally does? Right, probably does, the UTI. Does this guy uh, look, does this guy look the same? You know, other right, than just being paler, pale. like he's more pale, right? But does yep. he like neurologically? Right, is he slurry? Is he garbly? Is he you is know, his weakness worse? Right. People are always like, oh, they've got left sided weakness from a previous stroke. Well, is it the same? Right. You can still have a neurological no, event in the same part of your brain. They, people don't now, know that. The, 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 the fire EMT never reported it, but uh, nobody ever really asked from the paramedic side, do you have any de- deficits from the stroke? Yeah. What side is it on? Right. You know, right. What, what kind of... What you deficits know? do you have? Right. Right, exactly. Are <laughs> they nothing the was ever asked. Are they the... You know, yeah, and that's, that is a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. You know, like we've we've said it before, Gerard. You you've told the story of the guy with the lisp. That was the yeah. only sign for you know a stroke. Yeah, and ten minutes later, he was stroking in front of me, right? Like, in every sense of the word. You know, so yeah. I mean, who says that strokes develop over two minutes? They could develop over three hours. Right. You know, and boom, he's been there for an hour and a half. On the ground. And on the ground, doing whatever. And Who, now, to you say know, we couldn't induce something. Ex- I mean, what's his pain like? Is that something that we could have helped with? Like, right. Is he having Tylantane shoulder so, pain still? Like, did we reassess this? No. No, we didn't reassess, but even just coming off the ground, eight on 10 groin pain, shall we say, and five on 10 pain on the, uh, on the shoulder. But that's After- like being on the ground that long i mean so. i don't have a penis but i can't imagine eight on ten penis pain is all that comfortable to handle no it's, no yeah. no and it, you could it was obvious that the way they were telling me that you could tell like he was not a happy camper with what was going on down there so the other thing that i picked up on did anyone ever actually look 
at his penis? Where's Corey? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need an expert. <laughs> Specialist. I mean, but that's it. Like, you're not even. He's a penalist. You you heard that complaint and just dismissed it. Yeah. Right. No assessment at all. Like point blank uh, period. Like, is it is it bleeding? Did he chop the tip off? Like, is the right? is the catheter still in the right spot? Right, is, the, there, the, the is there is there a Like, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Zero. That's that's really sad. By either crew. Yeah. That's really sad. So now here's my next observation that y'all been touching on. He's been on the ground for an hour before anyone actually got to him, and now an hour and a half before he's actually been moved. Why is he still so warm to the touch? Yeah. It now, weird question is like, what's the what's the weather? Are there like air conditioners running? Should yeah, I, I, I'm assuming it's an air-conditioned room, yeah. Was um, it carpet? Was it hardwood? No, it, right. It, it was a hard, it's hardwood floor. Um, so, yeah, yeah he was so, on a floor. Uh, he tripped on the, or whatever, the, the the thing stuttered on the rug, the, the wheelchair, and that's why he, I guess, he ended up trying to pull himself from farther away. So if... I guess... Because, like, really if it was 85 degrees in the house because he's old and he likes it warm and he's got carpet floors, I mean, him being warm might not be that weird. Right. Right. But he also but has, like, two floor. major sources of infection. He's complaining of pain. There's decreased urine output. It's dark. Mm-hmm. I told you he was going to bring a UTI. I know. This motherfucker <laughs> complains about it every fucking week, and he's the one that brings it up. <laughs> but at the same point... My time to live. Could he, could he be having, you know, could it be UTI and something else. Of course. Because now you add trauma onto that because he just fell. Right. Is he weak from the mm-hmm. infection of whatever? And then now he just Did we and now he has a bleed. Well, and then, so right. I was actually thinking about a BG when I was saying all of the previous stuff. No, no, I wasn't. I, know, I, was gonna say, I know Emily was thinking about a BG. But, but <laughs> I actually was. Like, shut. you know, the... <laughs> That should have been done in the back of the rig or even prior to that before I'm going to sit there as a paramedic and go, yep, everything's all hunky-dory, like whatever, you know. But even if, throw out a number, even if this came back as 298, I bet this paramedic would have been like, oh, it's normal. Below 400, I don't have to treat it. Yeah, it's fine. Right. You know, garbage. Yep. So yeah, there's there's two more, three more issues that uh, you know should have been, you know, addressed checked out by the medic, assessed yeah. at least. Yeah, and I'm 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 not necessarily going to give the the fire department a pass on it, but you know them just getting there and you know doing actually doing you know taking the time to do a trauma assessment because of the fall and everything else. They did more than know, most fire departments did, would. Yeah, they didn't really have enough time to get any further in before the ambulance got there. So I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass on that. Plus, I don't think they had – no, they don't have – that particular department, they do not have the capability to take a blood glucose. Yeah. Not bueno so far. Still there? I'm not – yeah, we're still here. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the fire department does not have, they're not authorized to do blood glucose. So that's why that wasn't done by them. Yep. So, ready to 
Continue? Yes. I'm ready to see where All this right. guy dies. Are we on the edge of our seats? All right, here we go. Now he dies. So, at this time, watching the paramedic enter the driver's seat of the ambulance, the fire EMT asks the medic if he is BLSing this, to which the medic replies, why, yes, I am. And then the fire EMT then lists the multitude of reasons as to why this is probably not the appropriate decision. Good for him. Yeah. Don't get fired. Uh huh. <laughs> to which then the medic asks the EMT, and I quote, How would you know? Oh, I want one person, one paramedic to say that to me. What? One. Right? I would love it. I want it, dude. If, if, there's, if they say it, I want you to say, Oh, hold on one second. Let me call me, this. video <laughs> chat, and say, Okay, say now that say that again. Yeah. <laughs> One time I want them to say this to me. Oh, <laughs> know, because he's the one who did Right. <laughs> Clearly. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so how do we feel about that level of professionalism? Nope. I would have called another right ambulance. Fuck that. Yeah. Right. So the reply that, so, you know, his reply, of course, was, you know, how would you know? To which... The fire EMT replied with a question of his own and asked, how long have you been a medic? Good for you. And the reply was six months. You're that new and you're that lazy? Ah! The EMT, and I'm reading this right off the screen. The EMT then informs the medic that they are a 10-year EMS veteran and have been a paramedic for eight of those years. Mike in the nearby In the nearby city... High volume agency. Mic drop. And then informs the paramedic that he is, quote, way too new to be this lazy and they need to get in the back and do their fucking job. Na 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 na. We're completely fucked, completely fucked. We're completely fucked. Good for him. Yeah, so I don't know if I mentioned this before, but the the the, the BLS fire agent, you know, the, the fire department that responds is a volunteer agency. So this is the just a, it's it's a, it's a suburban area, but they still have a volunteer department. Yeah, and there's plenty of those. So this oh medic God, yeah. is just out there volunteering on his time because he probably knows this guy and likes this guy because he's picked him up twenty million times already. Cause, right, because he lives in the neighborhood. <laughs> you know, it's oh, his community. Wow, that new medic is so, so fucked. <laughs> so somebody's balls just shriveled. <laughs> that's phenomenal. I know, you know, and right? that's you know the the greatest thing about it is. The fact that they stood the ground to be able to do that. Like, they didn't just pass it off or whatever. They knew, like, hey, I'm a paramedic working as an EMT CFR. I can only have this level of interaction because that's where I stop. However, if I had my ambulance, if I had my gear, if I had my certification at full... I would be doing a shit ton more yeah. for this patient than anything that's going on right now. Like I know me personally, yeah, besides the BG and all the stuff we've already talked about, the four lead would have been on the moment I walked in, in there and started talking to him. I'm, ta- I'm asking questions, and the four lead's going on. Right. Get in the ambulance. Guess what? I'm just going to do a 12 lead. Why not? Yep. And even Why not? And even if nothing shows, there's still enough. Like, there's still enough in here. That doesn't compute to right. be like, hey, 
what side of that fence are you on? Are you even tipping on the fence? Okay, I'm going to take it ALS. Right. Like, right. Even if He's I, even if I just sit there and, and do nothing, it's still the right call. Yeah. Right. Hey, I mean, he's taking the Eliquis, and he said something, oh, well, you know, the palpitations. Well, let's do the 12 lead, and let's see what the hell he's actually talking about. Because right. if I see AFib pop up, okay, I know what he's talking about. Right. You know? Yeah, and, you know. Which may even, which may actually answer why he had that fucking stroke in the in the first place, and right. hey, maybe he's having another one. We don't right. know, because we haven't done a Cincinnati Neuro or anything. Right, and that's it. So. Like, yeah. For, and especially, God, I could not imagine being a brand new paramedic and being right? like, Yep, fuck all the world. Like, I'm six <laughs> months in, whatever. The it's blind cool. confidence right. to be like, ah, fuck it, they can go be a less. Right. Right. Like, that's a great way of putting it, blind confidence. Because, like, you you normally think, like, just complete another, either they're stupid or they're lazy. Right. But you yep. don't ever actually think about, like, hey, they're just so fucking cocky that it's like, yep, nope, this is this is not me. Or, like, how lucky are you that in six months you haven't had something go bad, but it's going to happen if you're not assessing your patients. Yeah. So maybe this or, isn't the one that's going to have a major stroke on the way, but you will fucking have one because right. you're not assessing anything. Or it's happened, and they just haven't gotten burned by it. Because maybe, maybe their agency doesn't doesn't take, you know, re-education seriously or follow-up seriously or anything like that. And they maybe they've missed something significant, flash pulmonary edema or whatever, and they're just like, yeah, it's fine. Three minutes to the yep. hospital. I don't know the system that they're coming from. Right. They could be coming from the system where they're literally across the street from the hospital. Right. And they like, oh, yeah, it's shortness of breath. Yeah, fine. Uh, throw them on a non-rebreather and we'll just go. We're close enough. We're close enough. I'm not going to – I can't start an IV in, in three blocks. Why not? Yeah. Why not? You know? So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things where you don't know what, where they're coming from. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, they might just not have been burned. And they yeah. think, oh, hey, I'm, I'm all high and mighty. Right. BLS, whatever. I'm just here to drive. That's, yeah. that's that's you know, a and, and garbage way of looking at EMS. And yeah, it's and way too the, common. The lack of assessing. I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. It's way too common yeah. that you get that attitude EMS. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll just, I'm sure we're going to discuss culture in a minute. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and let's be honest, there, there's a reason, like, a lot of the new people get exposed to that type of attitude because a lot of us old people joke around, I think, sometimes way too much. You know, where someone will say, hey, that didn't do anything. We're like, oh, BLS, you know, d joking. But these new guys may not pick up on it as a joke and just be like, oh, well, we just BLS everything. Then. Okay, cool. You know. But think about how many medics you work with that are not joking. I cannot tell you how many partners I've had yeah. that the tones go off and they're like, that sounds BLS. I'm like, that's weird that you can tell that's staring at the fucking TV. Yeah. We haven't even right. in the ambulance <laughs> to go on this call yet and you're already claiming it's BLS. Like, right. try me. Yep. Right. But it's true. Right. I mean, I, all the time. Yeah, I mean, we, we all do it. We've all joked around about it and stuff. But I know for a fact that I can give any one of you, you know, a patient, and you know, there's not going to be any joking when it's you know crunch time. It's you're going to do your jobs. But yeah, there are people who they joke around and they fucking aren't joking when they say they BLS everything. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, this dude's way too new for that. But then also, so aside from like you know the failure of you know doing proper assessments, 
there's been no treatments. Nope. Well, I guess it's probably a good thing because he never assessed anything, so don't treat unless you assess. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what the so fuck are they going to treat? Gonna treat? <laughs> well, pain. You know, I, well, no, I mean, I agree with the pain thing. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. If he's still in pain, how do we know that he didn't break something and we, we just right. can't see it because it's not deformed or displaced? Or could we, we don't know. Look. Hey, you know? Hey, you know what? I'm going to take your word for it when it comes Bingo. to your penis. You tell me. I'm not even going to look. I'm just going to give you the pain meds, and off you go. Yep. <laughs> you know? That's yeah. all good. You know? Yeah. But, uh, I'm, I'm so, with you guys on that one. Yeah, so the the medic then, of course, proceeds to get into the rear of the ambulance. Moments later, the EMT emerges and walks to the driver's seat, looking straight down at the ground the whole time. Good for him. He the medic finally that. takes a BG while en route. To 11. That was a 179. I tried. I can't read. Yeah, 179. So he probably goes, ah, it's normal. Two more sets of vitals were taken. No changes. Still in pain. that's all. And that's all that was done. So they, they, (laughs) they, okay, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm going to tell you how I got got this. The the second, this, this last part came from the receiving nurse. So um, that's how I know this happened. I can't. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So you're telling me that this six month Dingleberry paramedic <laughs> goes. Dr. Duhingus. You're right. <laughs> goes. Dr. Duhingus, I presume. Gets in the back of the truck. And still BLS. Yeah. Proceeds to then transfer this BLS after yes. it was already scolded by a senior paramedic. Oh my yeah. damn! <laughs> That's some big, big huevos gigantes. Like, you know what I mean? Seriously. Amount... <laughs> okay, hold on. If I am this person, okay. If I am this person getting scolded, okay. Here's right. Sicily, nineteen forty-five. Right. Gerard right. and I are these two people. I get scolded by Gerard. I go in with tail tucked between my legs. I am going in and I'm going to ALS the shit out of it out of that. Right? Girl. Everything that I could do, I am going to do. There's the posterior 12 leads. Right, hemispheric <laughs> oxygenation. Like I'm doing right, right. everything that we could do. I'm Entitled. Doing. Fucking bilateral 18s, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because because I know, I already know <coughs> that there is a phone call being made from the parking lot of yeah. that dri- or that driveway to yeah. my manager going, your paramedic is a piece of shit, and here's why. <laughs> and I need to make up for that. And here, I just prove them right by right. sitting on my ass and not doing a fucking thing. Oh, my oh God. Jesus. I can't. That's, so, so yes, that is un un fucking believable to me. Unbelievable. So, yeah. Well, he took a BG, so there's that. So he did a BLS skill. Fucking bravo, man! Slow clap, slow clap. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So they arrive. Jesus he fuck. Removes the patient from oxygen, and then brings them into the hospital, where they proceeded to wait for a bed for the next hour. And now they're hypoxic. Let me, let me repeat that. Upon arrival, he removed the patient from O2, 
and moved into the hospital where they proceeded to wait for a bed for the next hour. Does the stretcher not have an oxygen tank on it? This is one of those magic stretchers because that once you pull it out of the ambulance, the, the O2 tank disappears. Really? No, this is one yeah. of the magic paramedics that once you show up on hospital property, they stop treating. It's amazing. Ah, there's those too. This is I mean, getting not worse. I yeah. treating at any point in time, but this is getting worse. This poor guy. So after the hour, they finally get a bed. Report is given to the RN to which she is flabbergasted. And Kara's turned over, and Kara's actually finally initiated, I should say. <laughs> yes, shocker. Go RN. And I will now, right, and I will now ask, so how did that call sit with everyone? Not well. You should Not see Emily's, well. uh, you, you should have seen Emily's roller coaster through <gasps> all that. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> I can imagine. <sighs> I mean, yeah, it, it, so this is kind of where I was going to bring this into you know, I think this is a definite EMS culture discussion that needs to be addressed as well. Is this this? What is it with the fucking inherent level of laziness among people that get into this job? It's like, why did you do this? Why did you want to do this? To, to drive. With? Nobody gets into this field to be like, I really want to drive an ambulance all the time. Why? I think I think there are certain people though that do. No, like oh my I, God. I think I think that's where the whole volunteer but they culture. Don't spend- you know, right, and, but they don't and, spend a, a year and a half in paramedic school after that to say, hey, I want to drive some more. No, 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 no. I, I think they initially, so I don't think people initially get into it because they want to drive the wee-woo lights. I don't think that's that's the case. If that was your case, go be a fireman. And it's that's- a lot easier, whatever. But I think a lot of people, you know, I mean, you got to admit, man, there is a culture of fucking laziness oh, oh, I'm that, not, we are I'm, deal, that we deal with. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I've done presentations on this, right? There's, there is, an, like you said, an inherent culture of this is how our standard is. And, you know, we, we always say, like, is it the providers? Is it the administration? Is it a little bit of both? I think that the system... The way we have structured the actual system breeds the laziness because there's there's no oversight, no immediate oversight for these people to be doing anything, right? We say, oh, well, as long as you answer calls, your time is your own. No, it's not. I'm paying you. Why is your time your own? Do your chores, do your work. Do intubations, do practice, practice skills, like do your CMEs. That's why I'm paying you. I'm not paying you to watch TV. Like, no, you know, Um, it's funny. I worked for an agency eons ago that limited the internet in their building. So you could not go to any site unless it was one of the medical ones that they said you could or their charting program or their CME program. Like that was it. You couldn't go to Netflix. You couldn't go here. Like you couldn't do any of that. So it's like, and I always thought they were fucking crazy, but now I look back and I'm like, maybe they were onto something. Like everyone thought they were like the Nazi of the world, but maybe they were onto something. 
you know? Yeah, I, I hate to admit it because, you know, I, I, I do enjoy my downtime. Um, but does. I do my chores. But, but, but see, I go to work as an adult, though. I do my chores. I make sure my charts are done, you know, within reason if it's you know, one of those late ones and you get home at, like, you know, you get back at, like, midnight and, you, need you know, to rest. it's going to take an hour to get home. You know, at least I have a, a boss who's cool enough that says, hey, you know, just do it in the morning when you, you know, from home as long as you get all your drop downs and your paperwork turned in. Right. But, but beyond that, you know, you do your chores, you do your charts, keep the, you know, keep the place clean, keep your rigs in order, and it's a pretty simple fucking job. And then answer calls and do your job. See, that's do what the, you're trying to do. That's the problem. I think is where we're, you just I, I think sums it up. We always say, "Well, it's just a simple job," but it really isn't. I was just going to say that. But when you really think about like all of the training and the upkeep and the education and all that stuff, like it's not simple. No, none of this yeah. job is simple. You know, dealing with. The critical thinking aspect, right. dealing with the education, the training, you know, the ever the, evolving medicine, like right. everything. It's the, really not medicine is not easy. The expectations, right. the the professionalism, all of that, and we're going. Oh yeah, it's it's so simple, but it like really, my, my former life, really you isn't. Know, we, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I stepped on you there. No, 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 no. I I was just I was reiterating the <clears> point <throat> that it's just not easy. You know, and we shouldn't be sitting there saying all the time that it is. And, oh, EMS, earn money sleeping. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Anyone who says that, fuck you. Get out. That's, I don't that's, want that's you true. in I mean, You got job. a point. It, it, yeah. And, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, I guess maybe I should specify, like, you know, like your, your day at work isn't, you know, isn't like you're, you know, you're an assault mine. You know what I mean? Yes. You have some things that are expected of you. And as long as you meet those, you know, things, it, your day doesn't have to be this, this, you know, it really isn't like a, you know, a freaking, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, not it, you're, nine, you're not overly freaking taxed, you it's know? It's not a nine to five job where right. you have, ex, you're going to an office, you have expectations, people are, you know. Oh, where's that report? Where's that report? Where's that? I need that report. Boom, meeting. There's trouble like, with your TPS reports. You know, right. Like, we don't have that, you know? And right. maybe there should be some level of expectation. I was going to say, maybe we should to some level. You know, like, we're not sitting there and pulling your last 10 charts or looking at your charts for the week and going... Okay, Gerard did pretty well this week. Like, I'm going to give him a kudos this week and be like, hey, Gerard, you're doing a bang-up job. Keep it up. Like, you rock this week, right? But then go into Turek and being like, oh, man, Turek, we need to work on this because you've missed the last, like, you know, five days of IVs. What's but going how on? how many people Is there do something... you hear that? But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't do it. Right. How many people do you hear that are like, oh, fuck, I missed my last six IVs. Like, then why aren't you practicing this? Yeah. Yep. Why just, aren't you doing this more? Whatever. Because because I'm because Jerry Springer's on TV. Hold well, on. Because I'm not held accountable for my skills. Exactly. I'm not held accountable for anything. For anything. I'm a butt in a chair, and my managers love that. What was right, it? Me in a seat. Oh, I like it. Mm. So I, yeah. I'm I'm kind of curious because we haven't heard from Kelsey in a in yeah, a while. Where, where like, are you, Kelsey? I think she's just 
I'm right here, but it's very hard on Zoom because you guys just keep talking to like jump in. I mean, and, well, and I'm also to, muting myself because my I my dog's going crazy and everything, so I'm like trying to mute and unmute in a like timely manner. It's just well, not happening. What do you think, Kels? Yeah, Tell I want what. We want to know what um, you're thinking. I feel like. I mean, I understand both aspects of it because it a lot of it also depends on like where you work. You know, if you work for like a major city ambulance, you aren't, you don't have downtime. You're going from call to call to call. Uh-huh. If you work for rural, you know, middle of nowhere, you might be doing three calls a week. But I feel like yeah. you know we talk about it all the time like work sleep isn't the same sleep as at home sleep. Like you never know when it's gonna happen, what's gonna happen. It could just be the old lady that you go pick up off the floor, or I don't know, you've got. Uh, you know, gravel pit that's detonating explosives today and something goes terribly wrong in your district. Like, you, I think it's like you're expected to be at the top of your mental game all the time, especially in EMS because, like, you know, it might just be you and your partner. So you're not a hospital that you've got three doctors that you can fall back on or seven nurses that can double check what you need to do. Or even one other nurse that can, you know, you might be a medic with a driver-only partner that knows not even where the stair chair is in the ambulance. So it's like you're expected to be your top peak mental game, but then we do what we do, and even the days when we don't do calls, we're still sitting on edge waiting for something to happen. And that's exhausting. Well, it is, and... We've talked about, you know, culture of stress. We've did, we've done episodes on it. And, you know, the, the stress aspect of our job is, I I mean, it's undeniable what it does to all of our brains and bodies. However, I don't think it's just, oh, we're all exhausted and stressed all the time. You know, I think there's a lot of other things that are going on that are fixable that we're just turning a blind eye to because it's, it's what we've always done or it's just easier. You know, I think, I I think a lot of what EMS is, is we just take the easy road, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, we're, well, we're not, we're going to, we're going to remove certain pieces of equipment because we just don't want to train on it. Oh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, cut down on, you know, training because it costs money and our call volumes lower. So, there's God also forbid. a lot of, like, personal accountability, too. Like, if I get back from a call, it is way easier for me to sit there after I finish my chart and watch the newest episode of whatever TV show I've been binge-watching on Netflix than it is to sit there and be like, wow, that patient had some really weird disease that I've never even heard of and do some research on it. And it also, I feel like that part also comes down to the fact that, like, there are a lot of people that work 80-plus hour work weeks, so that five minutes of downtime you have at the station... Yes, you're at work, but to you, that is your only downtime this week. Not that you're working. Oh, no, I, I, yes. However. Yeah, but then are you going to, are you going to sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, the 77 year old male fell out of his wheelchair. No big deal. Like this is my, you know, 120th hour of the week. So I'm just not going to worry about it. Right. Right. Like I feel like some people will, but that's what it turns into. When did they they rationalize it? And when did us bragging about the ridiculous amount of hours that we're picking up become a badge of honor? Right. Oh man, I'm on my eighth day straight. We don't fucking care. You know what that tells me? That you are not at the top of your game and I do not trust you with patient care. Yeah. Oh, you're on your 40th hour. I'm excited when I get eight hours of sleep. Go the fuck home. That's my badge of honor. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say something that like, 
you know, people listening are probably not going to like. And honestly, I don't really give a shit. Fuck you. Uh, so, <laughs> but there's there's an old saying. It's called "live within your fucking means." And there's a big problem with people. You know, always you know whatever this one up culture. I gotta have this. I gotta have that. All this shit. Oh, I gotta pay bills. I gotta do. Okay, so you're telling me if you worked forty hours, or let's even just say forty plus maybe ten overtime, that you couldn't afford to live and eat and survive. Uh, yeah, you might not have the fucking, you know, uh, I didn't mean to bring this, but uh, you know, you might not have the boat in your front yard or the, you know, unless you marry a, you know, really hot nurse. But you, <laughs> but, you went there. You I had there. to. Leave my boat alone. He went there. But uh, but no, you know what I'm saying. It, it, there's this this other side of the culture. I think that it's this whole. You know, I mean, how many people do you see driving these fucking seventy thousand dollar fucking jacked up pickup trucks? Yep. You know, with you know the fucking right. blowers and shit. And it's like, motherfucker, you need to be driving a fucking Hyundai. You're a fucking EMT. Yeah. You know. Oh, but I work 120 hours a week. Yeah, because you're paying for one truck payment. Yep. You know, you're not living within your means. And now and you well, have they don't to pay do us that. enough. The... Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there's there are a lot of. Uh, there are a lot of people within the EMS realm that look at their their they look at their home life and they go, okay, you know, I I work to support what I do at home, right? And then there's the whole separate other people that they're like, well, I I get up in the morning to go to work because maybe my home life ain't that great, and I'm just like, how many people have we known that? Escape to they, work. Yeah. They escape mm-hmm. to go to work, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, and you know that's a big issue. There's there's a lot of you know there's a this is such yeah, a what, multi- what other job can you go can you work where you just can you can literally disappear for days on end and never go home exactly right. and you know you know but I I'm curious in everyone has their own problems everybody you know needs to I I agree with Gerard live within their means like you know, afford what you can, not, you know, what you wish you can, and then go out and buy it anyway. Sounds like y'all need to budget better. But at the same point, like, from a... Gerard, you've come from a different background, you know, in, in aviation, where none of what we do in EMS could apply. No. You know? Um, how is it in, are there certain standards in the hospital that alleviate certain issues that EMS would have? Cause I know like my wife flying, there are certain protections in there that alleviate some of the issues that EMS would have. And that's why all of the EMS people like gawk at the people who fly and they go, well, that's like the best job ever. Like yeah. that's where I want to get to because they are better. They run a better system for a reason, though. Because look at look at the standard that they have. Even like look at a hospital, and I'm not saying like oh nurses are great. You know how I feel about nurses, but <laughs> look at the amount of education that we have. Our education requirements to renew our license is actually less than EMS. But every single month we have mandatory education that we have to do. Mm-hmm. And we are held to that. If you do not finish it by the due date, which there's a new one every single month, you do not get scheduled. I can't work 24 hours straight 
eight, seven days in a row. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I can't do that. There, There's restrictions on that. Right, and that's the same thing with flying. They have quarterly yeah. training. If you do not get it done by the end of the quarter, you get taken off of flight status <coughs> until you get it done. Right. If you fail on three intubations, they'll sit there and be like, hey, you're not cutting your weight. Um, we're either going to retrain you or we're going to bump you off of flight status back to third status mm -hmm. and retrain you until you become proficient again. And then there's the whole, you know, they, they're, they're not allowed to, um, they have to have eight hours of, uh, you know, some form of rest between, uh, you know, prior to a shift, they have to have 12 hours between shifts. Like yeah. you can't, they can't pick up 36 hours like we can. Well, you know, we unless all... there's specific things that they do right. to say, like, I am good to do this. Right. But look at how many people are, you know, in EMS, there's a big culture shock that's coming around that, like, you can't work 24 hour shifts anymore. You can't work 48 hour shifts anymore. And people are up in arms about this. Mm hmm. You and, you know, they brag like, oh, well, I can just go to this agency and work and then come right here and like, oh, guess what? I still haven't slept in 96 hours. Why is that a badge of honor all of a sudden? Right. Like, you're just a and fucking it's not, moron. It's not all of a sudden. It's been yeah. like that yeah, for years. It's well, and the, like reason that, years. the reason they, you know, they're, they're all up in arms is because they're not living within their means. Right. They're, they're out, they're overstretched. You know, like I said, they're, they're, you know, you're an EMT making, you know, now not, not, it's not as horrible as it was when, you know, when I started. You know, or when you guys started, even before me, but uh, you know, it, it's it's not horrible, you know, but no, it, you can't afford that, you know, fifty thousand dollar pickup though. So, you know, now I got to go work, you know, three more places, yeah. and, and you're, you know, fucking hand up. I at one point in time, early in my EMS career, was working five different places at one time. You know, I'm... and it wasn't because I was escaping or anything. It was because I was fucking stupid you know and i just kept saying yeah i'll go work there i'll go work there i'll go work but there but that's it like you know is you there know? is there is there an idea within the culture and i've never thought about this so i pose it to you guys is there an idea that that's what's expected like you know I, like I think so. we we sit there and i've never <clears throat> had more than two ems jobs at one time never in 15 years, I have never worked for three agencies at the same time, actively. Mm. I've been on the roster, but I've never actively picked up shifts at three places at one time. I've always said I will have my full-time job, and I will have my part-time job, I will, and I will do just those. Or I'll have two part-time jobs and just work 36 hours, or whatever I choose. Yeah. And, But you see all of these, like, you see, you know, especially, gosh, in this county, you see oh my God, the, they same, work everywhere. the same six people in every agency. Yeah, they work everywhere. Right. Because they literally work in every single agency in the entire county. And you're just like, why? Why? And now right. a lot of it is because cash, right? They're, they are actually making more cash working six days a week in four different agencies than making one agency three days a week. And I get it. There is a cash problem within EMS, but that's not going to fix. That's not going to get better until we alleviate the fact that our culture is pathetic yeah. and that our professionalism is pathetic. The care that we provide is pathetic. 
and that we all go around thinking we're the fucking goats of the right. world. Well, and, and I think it goes even into the, like the, the scheduling aspect um, and, and the hiring uh, as well. You know, a normal business, you know, operating in the real world, you know, you're going to hire more full-time employees and maybe not even some businesses don't even hire any part-time, you know, employees, but your part-time employees are usually your, you know, here and there, they might pop in, pop out, whatever. They're, they're not where you, you know, your, your bread and butter, you know, flip over to EMS. How many, I mean, everywhere you work, it, there's maybe a handful of full-time employees and then it's a fuck ton of part-timers that just come in and pick up shifts. So then when they, you know, administrators are scheduling, you know, they schedule it. So, okay, here's your, your more full-time people. Around. Here's all the open shifts available to you Yep. for all mm -hmm. you part-timers to pick up. Mm -hmm. And then they send out email after email, oh, open shift, pick up, open shift, pick up. We really need help. Well, fuck, we really yeah, need help. Be, you know, it, what was that? We really need help. We really need help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, why don't you just hire more full-time fucking people, fill in all your fucking days, and then if somebody calls out, hey, is there a part-timer available that wants to come in and work? Right. Because they don't you know? want to pay for it. They don't want to pay for it. Ah, they don't want to pay for it. Yep. Oh, geez. So we want the, the cake and eat it too, right? That's And that's it. I, and, and where this business model came from, who the yeah. <laughs> I, I Everything, yeah. everything that you sit there and look at a good business model, EMS does the opposite. Exactly. And it's like, where in the Sam hell? Because we blame the volunteer fire department for it all the time. I don't think mm -hmm. I don't think it originally came from the volunteer fire. Like, it, maybe it has a lot of its roots there and stuff like that, being that volunteers popped in and out, and you got this person to cover this day and this person to cover that day and blah, blah, blah. But paramedicine was covered initially by paid fire departments, which had paid crews every single day. You know, and then, yeah, right. the BLS ambulances started popping up and, you know, all of this happened. And I think two of them merged. But I just, I don't know where all this came yeah. from, you know? Yeah, and me coming in, you know, like I wasn't born into this shit. You know, I transitioned into this, you know, with completely no dog in the hunt. And once I started realizing how this was operating and, you know, no matter which place I worked at, it was pretty much almost the same. And I'm like, why aren't you doing it differently? Why are you running this more like an actual real business and not this fucking Yahoo? I don't club. even know what to call it, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 literally it's it's stupid. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's 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 immensely stupid. And then they, oh, we don't have the call volume. There's always an excuse, well, right? There's right, it's always, always something, it's, and it's, it's like, always oh well, you know. We, we we can't put a second truck on because we're barely covering our calls with the first truck because nobody wants to work here. Well, yeah, no one wants to work here because you suck. Right, or you won't hire people full-time and give them all the benefits that you're supposed to give an employee, you know, you know who will be loyal to and work for you. Right, or you hire the shittiest person right. in a seat. Because, because you all want, they want is a body in the seat. That's right. all they care about. You know, it... it right. I would love... To sit there and go, okay, Jeff Bezos, run Amazon like an EMS company for one week and see how much money he would lose. Yeah. Yeah. I that's would a, love, it's... hey, Elon Musk, run Rocket X like an EMS company 
for one week to prove to the world of EMS that the way you're doing it sucks donkey dick. Right. Because no well, yeah, one I in mean, EMS is going to prove it. I know. Because even if, if the four of us could get our life savings together, get an investor, start an EMS company, get ambulances, and lay it out. Be like, here's our CON. Here's where we're going to provide care. Right? And there would be people just on reputation alone that would come to work for us. Awesome. Here you go. And we could sit there and structure it like a business and make everything great about it. And you know what the rest of the EMS community would do? They would bash the fuck out of us Mm -hmm. because we're different. Mm -hmm. How dare they do it differently and better than the way we're doing it? They bash the crap out of us. Yeah, and I got a taste of it when... You know, when I made the decision a few years ago that I am no longer doing 24-hour shifts. I will only work 12s, maybe a 16, but that's it. Yeah. And, I'm, and I, I go home and I sleep at night. Yep. And the just the fucking, like, oh, what, what, what are you, what, you can't take it? You, you're some kind of pussy. Yeah. Like, y- you got me. Yep. Yeah. You found me out. Yeah. I'm a pussy. Yep. You know? But you know what? This pussy's going to be sleeping in his motherfucking exactly. bed next to his woman tonight exactly. while you're out here humping a fucking pillow. Yep. Yeah. So it's that's all with that. Stupid. But yeah, I mean, yeah, just that little bit of a backlash just from, you know, saying, I'm, I'm, I don't do 24, sorry. I want to sleep in my own bed. How dare you? Yeah. Ugh. Right. Oh, I see you're on a 12, uh, you know, to, we, we don't have coverage through the night. Can you uh, handle it? Nope. Nope. Sorry. I'll go home. Yeah. My Un- shift ends at 6 p.m. Un- that's it. Bye-bye. Well... I'm going to cut this one because we've gone long over. This is our now longest episode we've ever done. But Holy fuck. (laughs) I think Make up for all the late episodes. Yes. I think that this one was was really good. And knowing what our discussion is going to be for the next episode, because I'll be leading that one, I think this Mm. is going – we're just going to transition into that one because they, they overlap a lot. Um, so yeah, and, uh, and this is what I was hoping for with this one was, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the call that I really wanted to discuss. It was what makes people like that. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And so again, that is a perfect <coughs> lead into the next episode, Gerard. Um, I couldn't have written both of these better the way they worked cool. out. Um, so yeah, stick with us for, uh, for the next episode, this discussion will be continuing and, uh, stay safe everyone. Oh, lazy donuts. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more information on the podcast or to send us a call to review, visit medicmaterials.com forward slash podcast. To learn more information, like us on Facebook at Medic Materials EDU or watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.